Hey, everybody, and welcome to Hope Peace Together. This is a show that gets real about mental health struggles and how to overcome them. Here you'll find personal stories, practical tools, and professional insight for the journey towards mental well-being, whether that's for yourself, a loved one, or the community around you. This is a place where hope is definitely alive. Welcome to the show with your host, Sherry Burkhardt. Welcome to the Hope Peace Together podcast. I am your perfectly imperfect host, Sherry Burkhardt. Typically, this podcast is going to be me interviewing one or two other people, and we're going to have a casual conversation, and we're going to talk about stories of hope, practical tools, or professional insight into issues around mental health. However, I really like to know who it is that's talking to me on a regular basis, so I thought that you might too. So today's kickoff episode is really for you getting to know a little bit about me. It's about our nonprofit organization, Mosaics of Mercy, and then the vision for this podcast. I much prefer to be sitting across from an actual person rather than talking to the microphone. So today I've decided that maybe it would be best if I envision you on the other side of me and that we're sitting face to face over a cup of coffee and just having a conversation. However, one of the things we want this podcast to be is real, so you'll need to know that you're drinking the coffee and I'm drinking a Dr. Pepper because that is what my drink of choice is. So anyway, I think that you probably have the advantage in this conversation because I can't see you. Um, That's one of the awesome things about the podcast. You uh, may be hanging out in your PJs with a handful of wadded up tissues because you've been crying, or you may be actually you know, running or working out. But during this podcast, you're free to laugh, you're free to cry, or you're free to turn me off if it hits too close to home. And it won't offend me because I won't know. So I want to give you a little glimpse into the voice on the other side of the table. And I'm going to start with what our culture today uh, might focus on. So if you and I were sitting down to coffee, these are some of the external things that, you know, I might point out about myself or share with you. I'm a woman in my 40s, actually closer to mid-40s, and I am currently serving as the executive director of the nonprofit I referred to, Mosaics of Mercy. I'm a registered nurse, and I have primarily focused my career on psychiatric nursing. I've been married to my husband, Chris, for 25 years this June, and this is the one time I can seem to remember how many years. Usually he has to remind me. Chris works incredibly hard. He is in a leadership position for the company that he works for. We have two kids, awesome kids I might add, but we have Allison, who we call Allie, who is a sophomore in high school and she goes to a university model school. And what that is currently looks like is that she goes to school three days a week and then she is at home two days. And they really encourage family engagement in learning. So it's not homeschool because they're setting the curriculum, but the family is involved in in her schoolwork. And then we have Clay, who is a sophomore at Texas A&M and he is a business major. So we, you know, have a you know busy family life, but when I am, you know, when I have extra time, which isn't very often, but when I do, I love to work out. I'm an avid reader and learner, and I like to write. I spend a lot of time doing that. I am really more of an introvert, so I recharge by being alone, and I have always been driven to excel. 
So whatever life puts in front of me, I am very much a type A personality. I'm going to want to complete it and achieve it. I love lists. As my coworkers would say, I like to check off all the boxes. So on the outside, that's a little bit about who I am, but we want this podcast to be a little bit different. We want it to be focused on the authentic part of our stories because that's really how you start to see the hope piece together. So to share that part, I'm going to go back to when I was younger. And when I look back on my life, I always struggled with insecurity. I never felt comfortable in my own skin. I don't really know why, but that's just when I think back, that's what I remember. I have always been a bit of a perfectionist, like I alluded to. I had an idea early on. I think maybe because I am an introvert, I was very observant of the world around me and kind of just picked up these ideas of what I thought my life should look like. And then when something didn't match, I felt like there was something faulty with me. That's what my thinking told me. And then I would internalize that and I would feel unworthy and unlovable. And the more I felt that way, the more the lens that I looked through focused on the things that confirmed those beliefs. So if my friends treated me bad, it was because I deserved it. Or if my parents paid more attention to my brother, it's because he was more lovable than me. I was just trapped in this vicious cycle in my head from early on. And then I also encountered some traumas that I didn't really know what to do with. So I bottled all those up inside and that further impacted my perception of myself. So by age 13, I was really starting to struggle with daily life. I felt completely out of control inside. I was depressed. I was anxious. I was also very angry. And none of that felt very good. And so Being the type A person that I was, I felt that the best thing to do, um, I came up with my own plan, was to write a list. And then I had a bulletin board above my bed, and I put that list of about 20 things right above my bed and thought, okay, I'm just going to work my way through this list, and hopefully that's going to change the way I feel inside. So some of the things it included was really good grades. Now, I, I already had great grades, but Maybe I needed better grades, or I thought I needed to lose weight. I was a healthy weight, but maybe if I was thinner, that would be better. Have more friends, have a boyfriend, on and on. So I didn't go at this list halfway. I I really have never been a halfway person. I'm all in. So it turns out that I also have a chemical and genetic predisposition, I believe, to addiction and depression. And so As I started out all this, I was really pouring gasoline on the fire of my makeup. And while I was succeeding at the outward plans on the list, I was making the grades, I was losing weight, but inside I was not feeling better. So I thought that meant I just needed to do more. I need to lose more weight. I need to work harder to excel. I need to work out more. And then Intermixed with that, the only way I could turn that cycle off was to add in some alcohol. Someone introduced me to alcohol at a young age, so I began drinking so I could have a break from that just exhausting whirlwind that was going on inside my head. My family went to church. I was I went through confirmation and I, you know, diligently prayed for help during this time, but I was lost and I just didn't feel like I was really getting any answers. And as a result, it just continued on this path of needing to do more and more of those things to try and feel better. 
by age 15, I was really heading really downhill fast. I refer to it as my genetics, my chemical makeup, my undealt with trauma, my poor coping skills, they all just combusted. My parents had put me in counseling, but I wasn't really making genuine progress. And at that point, I was emaciated, my hair was falling out, I was my organs were starting to be impacted from my drastic weight loss. And really, I just I wanted to die. I was absolutely miserable. And at this point, there was a nurse that became involved in my treatment. And she was my first glimmer of hope that there might be a chance that things could be different. And she really made a big impact on my life. And I think the biggest thing she helped me do was see that I needed to surrender, that I wasn't going to get better until I admitted that it was unmanageable. So to summarize a very long story, I ended up conceding that I needed help, more help than what I was getting in counseling. And so I agreed to be admitted to a psychiatric hospital to treat my anorexia, my obsessive compulsive disorder, and my depression. So my parents checked me out of high school my sophomore year and admitted me on May 13th, 1990, which was actually Mother's Day. I will always be grateful that they made that decision because as a parent now, I know how hard that must have been. I'm, I don't know that I had the perspective back then, but it was the right thing. I needed help and it really changed the trajectory of my life. So while I was in treatment, my counselor there also addressed my alcohol abuse. They were very concerned that if I left the hospital and chose to return to drinking, that that would continue to progress as well. And I believed them. I already knew that I had no power over what would happen once I took one sip of alcohol. So I made the decision that I was surrendering that part of my disease as well. I don't want to paint too rosy of a picture because I think that it can impact someone's expectations of, you know, what they're going to experience at a psychiatric hospital. But I think that the first few weeks, I would say that I was terrified. I pleaded to go home. In the hall, there were phones. They weren't pay phones, but they kind of looked like that, if you know what a payphone was. And so when we had time to call, you know, I would call my parents and plead for them to, you know, come get me. Um, but they were advised to let me stay. Um, I was scared of the people. I was on an adolescent and adult unit combined that was focused on eating disorders. And, you know, I really was in an environment that like nothing I'd really ever been exposed to. And that was frightening to me. And I really regretted my decision to surrender those pieces of my life, probably for the first few weeks. But then slowly, really the wisdom and patience of the professionals that worked with me. And then I think most of all, the love when I let it in and lack of judgment of the people in the program with me started to seep in. And so I really began trying to do the steps laid out in front of me. And it was through just those one step at a time actions that I found my way on a path to healing. And I would love to say that I was discharged from that hospital several months later and I was cured, but the hospital was really just a stepping off point for me. It was a way to get the roller coaster that was completely spiring out of control and off the track 
back on the track and headed in the right direction. But I still had to keep walking out the new path. So it wasn't like I went away to treatment, got it all together and got back out and you know moved on with my life. I really had to take inventory and change some direction about the way I was going. So I went to 12-step meetings. Um, I had to find, I didn't have to, but it was beneficial to me. And I chose to find friends that were on a similar journey. I continued going to counseling and I had to learn how to interact socially without alcohol. I think being an introvert, one of the things about alcohol was it did allow me to, you know, maybe get outside of myself a little more. And so I had to learn to do that differently to interact with people. So life was really different for me than maybe your typical 16-year-old. But what I can say now is that I would not trade that experience for the world. It made me who I am today. And it was really how those broken pieces started coming together to create a picture of hope. I graduated from high school and I went to TCU, Texas Christian University. The nurse that I mentioned um, earlier on that made such a big impact on my story really inspired me to pursue nursing. So I went to nursing school And in addition to the regular degree plan, I did an independent study in psychiatric nursing. And then I went on, um, once I graduated and became a registered nurse, to work in both inpatient and outpatient psychiatric facilities with adults and adolescents um, as a charge nurse. So really wanted to give back what had been given to me. I met my husband when I was at TCU, and he has his own short story to share, but that's for another time. We had our kids and we moved around a bit and then we, you know, we've walked out our recovery journey as a couple. So a few years ago, my church asked me to share my story and over the three services, I probably shared my journey with around 3,000 people. We go to a really big church and I would say that's the, you know, most people maybe at one time that I've shared with and that was a little intimidating and I think especially because the point of the sermon was not supposed to be that I had this experience when I was younger and then I was healed and I never struggled again. What they asked me to do was, you know, share about how the journey continues and how it's a continual work in progress. And, you know, I have faced more struggles around my mental health in my life, but I have also experienced tremendous joy. So I got to share about that and the freedom that I have that I really never truly thought was possible. From early on, I just never envisioned that I would be able to be where I was today because of the limits that my thinking imposed on me. And now today I know that I have hope to offer. So I got to share all of that. And that's what I want to share more about with you all today. Um, You will learn throughout these podcast episodes more about me and my journey because it's woven in as I talk to people. And I have remained in recovery from both my anorexia and I've stayed sober for 29 years in May, but it hasn't all been perfect. I've battled ongoing depression and anxiety at times. I've had marriage struggles. I've had parenting struggles. We had a child with significant medical issues, um, which was at times hard to walk through. And I've battled my own medical issues that have been challenging. It didn't all get wrapped up with a neat and tidy bow. And I can tell you that that's been hard for me still as a perfectionist. Because I feel like, okay, if I'm taking all the steps and I'm checking all the boxes and I'm doing everything right, 
then, you know, it should look a certain way. But, you know, that isn't life. And each and every experience has grown me. And ultimately, I've chosen to try and use it to help someone else. But I am still human. And I still struggle. And I don't necessarily have all the answers. I want this podcast to be authentic. And so it wouldn't be if I didn't share the real deal with you all. But I also really want it focused on hope because my story is full of hope. It's full of professional knowledge that I've gained, but it's also full of wisdom from being a person who has walked us out myself and walked alongside so many others. So I want to pass on what I've learned, um, but I want to introduce you to the people that I've met along the way that inspire me by seeking help and choosing to grow and facing their battles, and then also introduce you to the professionals that have so much wisdom and can you know help guide people that are struggling. So to help put the pieces together of where I am now, I want to share a little bit about Mosaics and Mercy. Mosaics is, like I said, a nonprofit. It was co-founded in 2016. There were five people that came together to really fill a gap that we saw in the community around mental health. People struggle to find resources, you know, be it from a counselor when they have an issue to finding a treatment center. They don't always know what it is they need, even need to ask for, you know, what, what it is they're looking for to go out and search for it. So we really set up an organization to fill that gap by creating a central connection point in our community for hope and resources and education to empower the journey towards mental well-being. What we know as an organization is that we all experience things that impact our mental well-being. Sometimes it's internal things like what I've shared with you today, which is, you know, struggles like a mental illness, which anorexia and depression and OCD are mental illnesses or addiction. But other times it's external things like loss of a loved one, or a broken marriage, or a move, or a physical illness. So those aren't mental illnesses. Those are just things that happen to us that we may not have the tools at the time to deal with. So we just need a little help to shore us up. And then, you know, we're able to get back in the path of life. But despite where these pieces originate from, we all need tools and we all need hope. So what we do is help connect people to counselors, treatment centers, to hospitals, support groups, faith-based groups, if that's what a person is looking for, or other people that have walked a similar journey that are maybe willing to sit down and have a cup of coffee. We offer education on mental health in the community, and that can be, you know, from a large speaking event to just something in all our, you know, the calls we take. We also have a really unique program called Beauty and Brokenness that I encourage you to check out on our website. And it's a about a two hour workshop that takes people through 10 steps. And it is a faith based program that talks about how brokenness can be used for beauty. And it's really a beautiful experience. I used to just use beautiful, but it is. And it's a tangible way to experience that. And then also that allows our hearts to be shared out in the community and to to share the story of of what we're doing. Anyone can benefit from that workshop because As much as we hate to admit it, you know, each and every one of us has some kind of brokenness. So it applies to us all. And then now here we are offering the Hope Peace Together podcast. Um, We know that people are sometimes hesitant to share when they are struggling and they find it hard to ask for help. And really our vision 
is that the vulnerable personal stories of hope are going to provide a beacon of light that you may not get in your everyday conversations with the people around you. And we want you to be able to hear a story and find out that it puts words to your own story. And then you have that moment when you're like, wow, I'm not alone. But then we also want to give you access to the knowledge and the different approaches of all the professionals and the experts that are available in our community. But most of all, we want you to know that hope is definitely alive and that people are facing struggles and they're overcoming them all around you and that there's help, there's professionals and programs available so you don't have to do it alone. So listen for yourself, listen for a friend, listen to help our community, and most of all, share this Hope Piece Together podcast with someone else today. That's what it's for. It's to reach people. It's to shine a light. You can also reach out to us. We're always available if you go to our website, mosaicsandmercy.com. And, you know, we're available to connect people to resources or for you to learn more. So I'm really excited about this journey and this opportunity to walk with you. And I look forward to all the exciting episodes that we have coming up. We've been able to record them and we're just so excited for you to hear and get hope from all of those around you. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. 